0: How's it going? My name is Brian Pillman Jr., and you're listening to the Just Plain Filthy Podcast. So, no head. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Just Plain Filthy Podcast. My name is Casey Campbell. I'm Dirty Dan.
2: Oh, you stole my line. <laughs> really? Silly. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I've done it like four times. Oh, I fucking forgot. <laughs> Whatever.
3: Whatever. <laughs> uh, you can you can steal anything I say next time, I guess. Um, And welcome to Just Plain Filthy Podcast
1: we are here we are here but unfortunately we do have to talk about last week unfortunate yeah. events involving shad Gaspard and um, here Monica Kimura. Kimura. unfortunate
3: um, two great great talents in professional wrestling and even better people. But unfortunately, I'll I'll dive in with Shad Gaspar first because it's it's less controversial, but there's more to it mm-hmm. than just he's dead. If
1: um, Shad Gaspar, up. for those who
3: don't know, was in WWE for a while as part of Crime Time, a tag team with JTG, mm-hmm. um, they had stints with John Cena as like a thrown-in partner. Um, He's a great talent. He was a really good coach as far as indie wrestlers go. He gave feedback. He helped train people. He was a great man. Uh, Apparently, last week, like early last week, he went out swimming with his family and some friends and a wave washed them all out really far. Mm -hmm. As scary as that is, Coast Guard or whoever came out to help them out and he urged everybody to make sure that they're safe before they make sure he's safe and as they moved his son to the boat and shadow was the last person an undertow just like kind of pulled him out even farther and sucked him underwater and they couldn't find the body for i think another two or three days it was another two and, or three days yeah and then <coughs> it was assumed that he's dead nobody is. Nobody has confirms that they found his body, and at this point, if, unless he's on a deserted island, he's he's gonna be dead.
1: It's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Um, mainly because I've never heard uh, a bad word about Shad in any podcasts or interviews. He always he was always described as a stand up guy. And a really good person to work with. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is not something um, you get a lot in the wrestling business.
3: Casey Navarro, who is a uh, independent wrestling uh, wrestler from like the New York area, New Jersey area, mm-hmm. uh, posted a video. It was like a video chat that he had with Shad Gaspar, I think like a year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was literally just Shad picking his brain on things. And then praising how good casey navarro is and like everything that he needs to know to be a star and he's like you have the most potential i've seen out of anybody your age and i feel like you can be going on to do magic in the wrestling business and like the whole entire time casey navarro in the video was like getting emotional and i'm just sitting here about the cry because i'm like yo this is so cool and now we lost like a really good person both in the business and outside the business. So that hurts.
1: Exactly. That's a, it's accidents do happen and shit like that is is very very unfortunate. Um I remember I grew up watching watching crime time. Like that that's just part of my childhood and it's difficult because they were so entertaining as as faces and just like it's really tough when you when you lose somebody who means a lot to your development and your love of something as much as like we love wrestling
3: um and to harp on that um that wasn't the only person that we happened to lose in the the last
1: week um, week for, the business. for
3: those who don't know, I'll, I'll address the non wrestling part of this first. Uh, recently, there's been some stuff about the show called Terrace Place. And uh, apparently, on the show, Hana Kimura was featured <laughs> as one of the people on it, it's sort of like Big Brother. Yeah. Uh, one of the people decided to mess with her gear that was very sentimental to her, and she went off on that person. Well, fans online they are super obsessed with this show and it did not sit well with them because apparently she went off on a fan favorite and people just flooding her inbox with, are you going to kill yourself? Please kill yourself. What time are you going to kill yourself? Are you going to kill yourself anytime soon? And just filling it up. And I guess she already had some like demons Uh, She posted pictures of self-harm and was just like, I just want people to like me. I just want people to love me and I hope everybody that you love loves you too. And then she deleted it and people said she was okay. And then a little after midnight, our time, uh, it was announced from the Stardom Twitter account that she indeed passed away and she committed suicide because of all the (sighs) cyberbullying.
1: All right. I want to say this one time, and one time Boy. only. Don't fucking bully people on t- online. Just Don't because like bully
2: people in general. In
1: general. Just because you're behind a fucking keyboard doesn't make it okay. It doesn't. No. It's 100% childish and stupid. It's stupid that people lose their lives because other people have these gigantic fucking egos and think they can just say whatever they want.
3: Especially over something as trivial as a TV
1: show. Especially that. It's entertainment, people. Entertainment. Yeah.
3: So, Reality I mean, TV is as places-
1: kayfaved as wrestling. It's fucking bullshit.
3: A lot of places have uh, honored her. I think uh, AEW did. Yes. I know a lot of places posted something about it on either their Instagram, their Twitter, their websites. Uh, Any programs that they have that they do, like studio tapings, they've done that. They put something. Um, I was surprised at AEW until I remembered that they work with Stardom. So it makes a lot more sense now. Uh, so big shout out to all the wrestling promotions that are being respectful. They're not diving too much into this and giving all the personal information out. They're really helping with the privacy. But they're honoring them in a in a positive light. Uh, shout out to you guys.
1: Exactly. And 100%. Like, she deserves to to be tributed in some way. Because that's... Only 22
3: years old. She
1: had her whole career ahead of her. Fuck man. Yeah. Uh, but uh,
3: let's let's try to get back onto the lighter foot so we don't end up doing two hours of sad stuff.
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> uh, because I don't know how entertaining two hours of sad stuff would be.
1: I don't oh, know, um, man. Shit like that just really gets to me. Let's let's yeah, talk. I, I, I'm on point with you too, man. I
3: know. Um, so, what's leading with that? Uh. AEW honored her and I believe they did it last week.
2: At or at Double or nothing. They did? Uh
3: huh. Okay, so well that works out perfectly because I wanted to talk about Double or Nothing.
1: How- so well.
3: with that being said, what was some of you guys' favorite parts of Double or Nothing?
1: Uh definitely uh... the highlight for me was the stadium stampede match. Brilliant. Brilliant piece of wrestling will go down in wrestling history. I, I guarantee it.
2: Oh, uh, dude. The, the paradigm shift through the walkway. Oof,
1: yes. That was good. The whole Brodie oh. Lee-John Moxley match actually was really, really, really good. I think the Stadium Stampede match was
3: miles better than Taker versus Styles.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. And we loved that. And, yeah, yeah and I loved the was match.
3: Nice. There was no part in this whole thing that wasn't entertaining. There was no downtime. Every little bit counted, and it was hilarious the whole way through. Exactly. The other match was just, like, storytelling, spooky stuff, but it was just like, okay, now we're going to walk on top of a fucking roof. Now we're going to walk over here, and now I'm going to hit you with a shovel. And that was, like, all it was.
1: Exactly. I I think everybody in this match really, really, really... Um... Impressed me, like honestly, uh, the work rate of these guys. I know it's shot differently than most wrestling matches, but just some of the things that they did was a s- shit I've never seen before. And also, Dude. special special shouts out to the uh, Infinity Pool of reincarnation. That was amazing.
3: Yes. I was just about to bring that up. He it, did uh He did his first uh, gimmick. And then he went underwater and he came back up as a Mattitude V1 and then went back down and then he became like team extreme Matt Hardy. And then it was like Matt facts. He can hold his breath for like 300 and something seconds. And I was like, what the fuck? Exactly. Oh, it it was, it was good. Oh, everything about that, especially my favorite part of that whole thing was the ending sequence. Uh, Sammy Guevara running for his goddamn life.
1: Yes. And running
3: up into the stands to where he just ends up getting driven off the top of like a, a balcony, essentially. Like twenty feet down. <laughs> right into like the top of a little hut. One, two, three.
2: More danger.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the name. I forgot the fucking name of it. Yes, um,
1: yes. That, that
3: was insane. Um
1: it's a photo.
3: M J F versus Jungle Boy, uh, match was of the
1: best night. wrestling match of the night. Match of the night, solid work from both competitors. Jungle Boy is quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, he's athletic, he can sell, he knows how to tell a story. I'm not a huge fan of uh, gimmicks like his. I think in time, like it's great for what he where he is right now. But eventually, he'll have to take on a more serious gimmick. But for right now, that's perfect. He's doing really I'm good sure. work. And MGF, MGF, I'm, 100%. Always does good work. I'm gimmick. sure
3: if everybody got to go to prom this year, he would have came back as Jungle Man. Yes. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Fucking quarantine. Taking everything
1: from us. No.
2: Uh, I liked Cody winning the... TNT Championship. That was good. Um, him winning and him it. almost, him almost crying. That was emotional.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that was a overall. That whole match was really good. I don't think he hit anybody that wasn't supposed
1: to get hit. I don't, uh... Nope, didn't happen. I don't think so. Props to Cody. Cody.
2: So what happens
1: when you don't do that?
3: You win titles.
2: What did? I think he won with two crossroads. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good match. I was, I don't like the whole two crossroads thing. He does that all the time and I'm like if it takes two of them to do that, it's not a finisher. Pick a better move. <laughs> exactly.
2: But
3: it's cool, it does better look than cool.
2: the Judas effect.
3: Better than the Judas <laughs> yeah. effect. Um my only grievance with this whole this whole thing essentially is I liked the casino ladder match. Mm -hmm. I didn't think they needed to give it to Brian Cage to win.
1: Yeah, that confused me a little bit. You have so many people that
3: that have been climbing the, the roster, the ladder of everything, and they've been doing really good work that they could have thrown it on there for an opportunity, but they gave it to this one guy who just came in, wrecked two people, was out for like 15 minutes, and then came back in, did one thing, and wins.
1: Yeah, he uh he showed up, he wrecked everybody, uh his ECW related manager uh smiled and nodded. Uh brilliant
3: <laughs> <laughs> ECW is Danny DeVito in this corner.
1: <laughs> I'm
2: the jury human... really,
1: Oh go ahead, I Zoe. really
2: liked the Dustin Rhodes match, contrary to everybody else.
1: I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I love, my, I love me some uh, some heel promo work, and I love uh, when the heels get what's coming to them. It was a solid
3: match. I didn't have anything really too opinionated to say about it. Like It wasn't something I would really like, but I didn't hate it either. It was just kind of there. I probably got, wouldn't have even talked about it if someone didn't bring it up.
2: He got some bare-bun spankings.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. He showed ass. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And he had, uh, who was his undies? Oh, he had Tony Blanchard. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He had Tony He's Blanchard like, oh, no, on his no. garage. No. Oh, no! I have an old man on my garage! Ah! Why, though?
3: <laughs> Normally, I only do that if I have college loans to pay off. Oh, oh same.
1: my God.
2: And, uh, Sheeta is the new women's
1: champ. Sheeta is the new women's champion? Hell I'm of happy a match! About
3: that. I'm just hoping it stays for a little bit.
1: Hell of a match between her and Nyla Rose. Been yeah. hella I, impressed. I like how
3: they did that though. They uh, she's not good like in practical wrestling matches because she's still so <clears> green. <throat> mm. So just defend it in like a hardcore match where you can mask it all by throwing weapons and like being oh, brawly and stuff.
1: One hundred percent agree with you. I do enjoy her right. character a lot though. I break bitches. I break bitches. Looking for your candlestick, bitch?
2: I don't know what other matches there were. There was the Chris Statlander match, but uh, I didn't watch it because I didn't really care. I went to go get food, I think. Yeah,
1: that was my smoke break match. I don't really give a fuck. Chris Statlander
3: is good, but Penelope Ford is hot garbage.
1: Yeah, fuck Penelope Ford. I don't like her. I don't like her as a character, and when I dislike a heel, you know... (laughs) That means I do not like them as a wrestler. <laughs> he has no
2: like story. The same with Kip Sabian.
3: Though they are doing something with Kip Sabian. They started it on Dark, and they did something on AEW this week where they made the tag team of him and Jimmy Havoc, and they're actually really good as a team.
1: Yes. That I'm excited about. They were
2: building up to that anyway.
3: Yeah, I was like, oh, they're business partners. Cool, I get it. They're friends. Cool. And now they're like, we're partners. And I'm like, okay, let's see how this goes. You and, like, the
1: other 20 tag teams, but we'll see. Oh, 100%. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that pairing. And since uh, we're talking about Dark, we might as well get into AEW proper, shall we?
3: Sure, yeah. Um,
1: the
3: intro The intro to the whole thing, the... Uh, the tag team match, the three on three tag
1: team match beautiful was amazing. Beautiful. I, I love yeah. that match just pulling out all his old gimmicks. All of them. Even ones before WWE. Even ones before WWE, once he used in WWE. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Millionaire Matt Hardy. That would be yeah, brilliant. Big money Matt, yeah. Big money Matt.
2: I love um, Goth Girl Matt Hardy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I want basic bitch Matt Hardy
1: I want the brood <laughs>
3: which all you right, know we it's... need to catch Zoe up on all these things though oh
2: yeah, it's yeah. not tag team match uh,
3: the tag team match was great because um, everybody pretty much shined in that Joey Janela got a lot of good stuff in he was rocking the pigtails him in a private party worked great as a unit um, Matt Hardy, throwing high-flying moves for once, actually had a perfect moonsault.
1: Yeah! Brilliant.
3: Fucking brilliant. Um, at the end of it, though, um, Butcher and the Blade came out, and they started beating down the Young Bucks, and you hear revving of a car.
2: Well, yeah, they, 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 they started the car beating down again. The, the Young Bucks because uh, Blade accidentally got a super kick to the face.
3: Yeah, see, I missed that, and I was like, okay, they're just throwing a tag team in there, whatever.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah no, there's some story behind it.
2: Blade got an accidental super kick to the face.
1: Okay, justified,
3: then. <laughs> he crashed um, the And super then you hear the part. fucking revving of a car, and I'm like, they're pulling the car gimmick again? And yep. then here comes uh, the former Revival in an old-school car driving 30 feet and getting F-T-R. out of the
1: house. FT Yacht.
3: Yeah. Apparently, they're now known as FTR after getting a season assist sent to them from uh, indie wrestlers Zay Riley and Caleb Connolly, who are officially the Revolt. Yes. And they had to they had to change it last minute. Now they are hashtag FTR, which means fuck the rest. Yes, I like that. And they fought off uh, Butcher and the Blade with a double team spike pile driver. And just kinda of stared off against the Young Bucks, so we're gonna get the dream match in due time.
1: Yes. Fucking the revival versus the Young Bucks, I'm about it. I mean FTR. My bad.
3: Whatever. It's cool. It's still new. It's it's good.
1: Yeah. Um, it's good. my favorite things of this whole
3: whole thing has been the promos. hmm Um, that the tag team match promo was good. Uh, the Jericho and Inner Circle promos sprinkle that throughout this whole entire show.
1: Oh, the opening yep. with the, all the shirts that was really good. That's fucking amazing. Yes. We have all these shirts
3: for no reason. Like, oh no, we have more than we thought. Here's a whole entire truck full, and uh, you even have Angel still pretending he can't hear.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's um, a lot of shirts. <laughs>
3: The whole thing has been good. The best promo of the night, though, is Cody's promo for the uh, TNT title.
1: Man knows how to cut a promo,
3: dude. I could that that was that was like, oh man, you're making me proud. You're making this feel like something. And I was like, is he really gonna compare himself to Tom Brady? And then he kind of broke it down, and I was like, okay, I get it.
1: Okay, yeah, you're kind of Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> He's like I. I went from over there,
3: and I was gonna say, is he saying he's, he went from up north? And he came down to Florida.
1: Yes, that's um, exactly what
3: he said. Overall, though, it was really good. He said, uh, all um all comers are welcome to face it.
1: And then, but Matt then they just have a
3: battle royal at the end of the night to the, to decide who it is. I'm like it's not really all comers if you already selected your people.
1: Yeah, if you got a if you have a match at the end of the night to decide, it, it's not really an open challenge now, is it? Yeah, I know Simon
3: Miller on YouTube was saying, "All comers, huh?" I'd give it a go.
1: And so was Matt Cardona, the uh, former Zack Ryder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's been um, spouting off on Twitter. And um, I don't know if
3: everybody got to this part or if anybody watched this, but uh, the Battle Royal got me so hyped I almost lost my shit towards the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually uh, missed the battle, because I'm, I'm an idiot.
3: Okay. Um, so the whole thing, I don't have the exact, uh, people that are in there. I'm gonna try to name them off the best I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luther was in there. Oh. Wardlow. Yes. MJF. Yes. Sunny Kiss. Jumble Boy. Orange Cassidy. Colt Cabana. And Christopher Daniels. And I think, like, one other person. Colt Cabana. Um, the match was really good, like, spots everywhere. Um, Luther, I saw, was the first person eliminated. Um, Orange Cassidy was jumped earlier in the the thing, so he was out of the ring most of the match. Um, but then the whole thing boiled down to Jungle Boy versus Orange Cassidy. Yes! Those are the last two in the ring, and it looks like Orange Cassidy might win, but then he got like a head scissors out of the ring and hit the floor, and Jungle Boy is now the first person to challenge for the TNT
1: title. That's very good storytelling. I like that yeah. a lot. Jungle- I feel like so, Jungle
2: um, Boy against Cody would be a weird match.
3: I feel so too. But uh, also, if you take into consideration the promo MJF did earlier on the night saying. He deserves a title match, and he's going to find a way to get a title match. He's just had a big feud with with Jungle Boy. He gets eliminated, and he also has beef with Cody. I feel like he's going to interject himself in some way.
1: That would make sense. A triple threat would make sense.
3: That'd be a great triple threat.
1: That would be a great triple threat. And while I think it would be just a weird one-on-one match with Cody and Jungle Boy, Cody has the high-flying offense to keep up with Jungle Boy. He just rarely uses it nowadays. I think he can still pull off some of that shit.
3: Yeah, I feel like that could work.
1: He, um, he's he been known to be a bouncy boy before.
3: So some of the matches on AEW were good. The promos was what were good on AEW. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the other side of everything, of NXT, their promos... I didn't particularly like them, but all the matches that I saw were great. Oof.
1: Tell me so about, like that, the, match T.J. Tell um, me about that match.
3: Tell me about that match. The first match of the night was for the cruiserweight title uh, tournament. Yeah. It was the semi-final match. Yeah. Um it was Jake Atlas versus Drake Maverick versus uh Kushida.
1: Ooh, who, who, who uh,
3: and the whole match was varied back and forth through all of them. Like, nobody looked weak. Everybody got their own time to shine. Um, that ended, though, because Kushida did, like, a spinning armbar lock from the top rope onto the mat, almost really? got Jake Atlas to submit. And then Drake Maverick saw that both men had their shoulders down to the mat and just draped his arm over them and pinned them both at the same time. Not
1: bad. Not bad. So, so now is the he... guy who
3: got fired, and this is his redemption arc, moves to the finals and faces Elgio De Fantasmo, whose whole thing is, uh, I am a second or third generation luchador. I'm trying to make my name in the Cruiserweight division. So they have redemption versus a making of a star. For this title that was vacated.
1: By the and way, like, either way you look at this, this is great. I mean, it's pretty good. I don't really condone WWE using the firing of a superstar for a storyline, especially no, when but, you just fired a whole bunch of fucking people, but we'll get to that. But, uh. Yeah, if you want to get to that, yeah. Yeah, no, you know what? Fuck it. No. <laughs> you made me feel for shit. J. J. Blair, here's your fucking moment. You made me feel shit, WWE. You don't fucking do that. You just fucking fired, like, a whole bunch of your staff and you're going to turn it into a fucking storyline? God damn it. Ah, that's... Any other time would have been dope. Any other time would have been great. But now when you fire fire a whole bunch of people, people that are Drake Maverick's fucking friends, by the way, they're (laughs) out of jobs. You know what Drake Maverick's doing? He's fucking working. Uh, Alright, go back to
3: it. Okay, so, with Drake Maverick winning, they kind of did like a backstage thing, and he was just like, this is what I've been doing for the last couple weeks. I haven't, I've been just, Trying to find any way that I could win, trying to find an opening. Um, I don't. I'm surprised that I made it this far, but I'm going to have the best match that I can and hopefully win this whole thing. And then Kushida came out and kind of looked at him like super disappointed, and Drake just said, "If I, oh, when I win this title, I'll make sure that you are the first person that gets a title shot because you are so good." Nice. So. There's a little silver lining to all this stuff. Like, yeah, the guy that I was hoping to win this whole thing didn't make it, but he might he might get his revenge, you know? You know? Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Um, this week on NXT, they're featured two women's matches. Hey! I was about that, because they have a really good women's division. Oh, that women's division um, is stacked. The first one was my favorite match of it. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Shots one on one against uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Woo! and they did a really good job finally at playing up the fact that Raquel Gonzalez is a beast. Perfect. Things we love uh, to see. Every time somebody tried to do like a spinning head scissors or a Hurricane Rana, she would stop it mid rotation and just throw them with a power bomb. Uh, they get caught in the ropes, elbow drop right to their chest, and just stop their momentum. Uh, Even at one point, Shotzi Blackheart's tank got used on the outside when Dakota Kai hopped in and started driving it around and then grabbed the letters off the front and just threw them on the ground to distract her. Um, I do believe Raquel Gonzalez won it. I was too excited to watch the whole match, and then I got distracted because I was playing Pokemon too. I'm a
1: dumb-dumb. Hey, that happens. I get distracted while watching shit all the time.
3: Yeah, but the whole match itself, like Shotzi Blackheart put her heart and soul into this. She is a legit badass. Shotzi's were my they favorites. Finally, yeah, they finally helped Gonzalez find her footing with the women's division. So exactly. Either way, Brilliant. that would have been a great match, no matter who won. I'm pretty
1: sure Shotzi won,
3: but I'm not 100%.
1: Shotzi would make sense.
3: Um, the other match that was on the card was Rhea Ripley, yes, teaming up with Io Shirai, yes, to face Charlotte Flair and a mystery partner, and the mystery partner was Chelsea Green. Uh, uh, Chelsea Green has not had a fucking victory since debuting with the Robert Stone brand, <laughs> but she did this night because Charlotte Flair won after Chelsea essentially sacrificed herself towards the end of the match.
1: It's awesome. It also, was very,
3: very predictable, but it was a good match nonetheless.
1: Yeah, they pretty good. I, I like, I've, I like the women's division in NXT a lot more than I do on some of the other brands of WWE programming, which Charlotte still appears on. By the way, she'll show up just mm-hmm. to cut a promo on the fucking women's champion of the other brands and go, "I should be holding all three of these fucking belts." Get fucked.
3: Every, I say this every week, I guess. What a bitch.
1: What a bitch. What, Zoe? He said she sucks. Uh yeah.
3: She I sucks. <laughs>
2: what
3: yeah. a bitch. That's probably why she's champion. But, um... Oh, ho, oh,
1: oh. ho! Um, no, her last name is Claire. the only was match player.
3: that fucking mattered this whole show... Yes. ...is the cage match. Uh, Brilliant. It was, uh... Matt Riddle goes one-on-one against Timothy Thatcher in a cage. And the only way you can win is by submission or knockout.
1: Wow, that sounds fucking familiar.
3: Yeah, it's essentially like the uh, Lions-Ven matches back in the 90s.
1: It's a worked brawl for all. Yeah, it was kind of like that. With a
3: cage. Um, (laughs) <laughs> in the match there was like a lot of good spots though it was like hitting the side coming back with a stiff strike um, I guess there was even Matt Riddle doing a twisting senton from the top of like saw the, that. Um, the top of the cage thingy onto the middle right onto Tim Thatcher So off that um, the scaffold
1: that I pointed out yeah I'd love to see it it's called the spot uh, Tim <laughs> Thatcher
3: uh, ended up getting kneed in the face and shoot losing teeth Yes. He got two or three of his teeth actually knocked out and there was blood all over the ring and in his hands and he had to get checked out by the doctor and just decided to keep going. Um, And then in the match at the end, um, there was a stiff exchange between the two, but Timothy Thatcher caught Matt Riddle in the middle of the cage and just made him go to sleep. Perfect. And it was a beautiful way to end the night. It was. He passed out. I think Kurt Angle lifted his hand three times, and he was he was done. He was night night.
1: I mean, that's. uh, You know what? I have mixed feelings about the match type. I think the athletics were good. I think I love both of the performers that performed in the match. I just have my reservations about presenting it the way it's presented, if that makes any sense. I know they're supposed to be really technical workers, but when you bring in the cage and the mat and the stipulations, you're saying, hey, look at this, this is real. Everything else that we do is fucking fake and stupid, but this, this is real. And then Thatcher loses teeth. I wouldn't be surprised if later on he reveals that him losing teeth was a work and not a shoot.
3: They made me care more about UFC than the UFC ever did.
1: That's, I mean, also 100% true. I can't, like, I have (laughs) watched maybe one UFC event. I get through one match and I'm like, okay, that's enough for me. Like.
3: Yeah, so they're setting up for, uh, in your house which is the nxt version of that and uh so far every match that they've announced have been really good so before we go into our last little bit which is the questions i just want to run down them and see what you guys think yeah let's go um i'll work my way from the bottom up uh keith lee Brilliant. Versus Johnny
1: Gargano. Brilliant. For a North American championship. Oof. Keith Lee's got to keep it, though. Yeah. As much as Johnny's been doing really good work, Keith Lee's got to keep that.
2: Um, but boy.
3: Then we got Tommaso Ciampa versus Carrion Cross, a.k.a. Killer Cross. Brilliant. Um... Then we got Charlotte Flair versus Rio Ripley versus Io Shirai. Triple threat for the women's title.
1: Ooh, put it on Io Shirai. Charlotte Flair's a bitch. I would Um, be
3: brilliant. We keep walking over each other, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: no, it's my bad. Keep going.
3: All right. Um, then we got Finn Balor versus Damian Priest One-on-one singles match. It's yeah. been having, like, a two-month build. It's been pretty good so far.
1: Yes, I love long builds. I love Muson Finn Balor. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say that he takes the L here. Cause he, yeah, he's... but
2: he's got a better theme song.
1: So He does have a better theme song, but he <laughs> is the more established guy. That's how we decide. He also has better abs, but... Well
2: I um, would jam to his theme song all the time.
1: Oh. It's
3: okay. And then uh, last match of the night, Adam Cole. Baby Velveteen be. Dream. Adam Cole, okay, so it.
2: my big question is Did all of that Velveteen Dream stuff just get brushed under the rug?
3: I d I don't know. I, I don't know what's... I haven't heard any more things about it yet.
1: Yeah. Literally nothing happened.
3: But this might be the thing, though, because it says, last chance match for the NXT championship. If Dream loses, he can no longer challenge for the NXT championship while Cole is champion.
1: Well, brilliant! They managed to figure out a way to uh, make sure he never has any accomplishments, but also not fire him. Perfect.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so... Well, on I'm what not it,
2: saying fire him, but I, I haven't heard anything else about it since it came yeah. out.
3: I don't think any new details happened, and I think because like they don't have any more details to go off of, they can't say whether or not it's true, or it's fake, if he did it, if he didn't do it. So they're just playing it by ear right now. <sighs> really? Maybe. I mean, I might be wrong. I might be completely wrong. I mean, there's. I,
1: I, I have heard. Wrong zero I uh, i on social media and i'm on twitter all the time nothing has come my way about it it popped up and then it was gone but i guess that's what happens when you work for a multi billion dollar corporation that's just yeah, me though i, guess
3: so.
2: I don't know okay. or it just like didn't happen who knows
3: who knows yeah, it might it might have been somebody that just like has something out for him that's just trying to get him in trouble too. We don't know because we we have no info. That's true.
1: That could also be a thing.
3: It's the wrestling business. Everybody has it out for
1: somebody. Oh yeah, it's all one giant work. Or shoot. Depending.
3: Okay, and uh so with that being said, we're gonna just gonna go to the last part of our first half of the show. Uh, we got some questions
1: question time it's my favorite part of the show
3: um what album got you into doing music or i guess uh, because for for zoe she's not somebody who makes music so i mean i used
2: to okay if um... you feel like you
3: can answer with this question feel free
2: I don't know. I mean, the first album. Hold on, I have to look this up. Um, I think. Hold on. Yeah.
3: While you're waiting, I'll just go with mine. Uh, I started off as like a deathcore vocalist, so my the album that got me into it was *Parasite* by *See You Next Tuesday*. Brilliant.
2: That's actually. Um, the first album I really vibed with was, uh, Avril Lavigne's Let Go.
3: (laughs) yeah. Oh, same, same. 100%. That was, like, the
2: first album that, like, I was, like, six, and I was, like, yes, this is good. This is Uh, amazing. And then after that, when I was older, the next album that really hit me was, uh, From Under the Cork Tree.
1: Yes great album exactly uh for me i would have to go with um nsync's fucking the album that bye 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 is on i don't remember the name of it because it's not fucking sitting right in front of me then you fast forward a couple years from under the cork tree and since i'm primarily a post-hardcore vocalist Uh, the early part of my high school career, I discovered Curses by Vanna, and that really made me want to be a, um, harsh vocalist.
3: Hey, Casey. Yes. The album is
1: called No Strings Attached. No Strings Attached. There we go. Yeah, it was a puppet one. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I had a feeling it was, but I just went onto Google just to look it up and see if I was right. And I was right, and I'm ashamed.
1: I also have a smartphone, so I could have done... I have a copy of it somewhere in You're this house. you also on a computer. I'm also on a computer, <laughs> so I could have done that. You have multiple ways of looking this up at your disposal. I am lazy.
3: <laughs> um, next one is, what food do you miss the most during quarantine?
1: Mm.
2: Sushi or pizza?
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with sushi or pizza.
3: I mean, I've been making my own pizza, and I like that. Nah, so.
2: Whole Foods pizza, though.
1: Whole Foods. Yeah.
3: Um, I I haven't gone in like a year now, but I still keep wanting to go to Hermanos and Concord. I want their Devin
2: enchiladas. and I went over the winter. We saw so Jojo good. Rabbit, and then we or we ate there, and then we saw Jojo Rabbit. Um,
1: you fucks never you invite me enchiladas? to Hermanos.
2: I think I did get enchiladas. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, and we got chili. That
1: sounds uh, great.
2: What
3: Did else you also we... get left eye and T-Boss?
2: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> TLC reference. Don't um...
1: Go, go, Chase and Yeah, uh,
2: I went to this sick uh, uh, pizza place in Brooklyn um, called Screamers, um, if you guys ever go to Brooklyn, they have the best vegan pizza I've ever had. Just, uh, FYI.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the next
3: time I'm gonna be over that way, but I'll keep it in mind. Hell um, yeah. I think, yeah, I forgot to write down one of them, so we only have three, I guess, technically. But uh, Whatever. what's your favorite hip hop artist of each decade? So I'll just say like eighties, nineties, two thousands, and like two thousand tens.
1: Yes. Yes. So Dude, many. That's
3: not, uh, that's not our answer, Casey.
1: Uh, you guys go first. <laughs> what's your
3: favorite? Yes.
1: All of them. Yes. Fuck man. Little Peep is every one of them. Jesus Christ, no. No. Uh...
2: I don't know how to answer this. Recently, I'm going to say Kendrick is, uh, Lamar. As late
3: as you can. I'm
2: going gonna, I'm gonna to go backwards. Okay. Recently, I'm going to say Kendrick Lamar. He's been um, very influential on all of the things that have been going on in the past decade. Um, very good messages there. Uh...
1: I have my four.
2: And then little peep, little peep, and little peep.
1: There you go. (laughs) There you go. I'm gonna go with little. uh, Go for it. Finish finish your thought. Um, I'm gonna go with Slick Rick, Ice Cube, Kendrick, and Joyner.
2: Kendrick is the 2010s, my guy.
1: Okay, fuck it. Uh, um, I'm going to throw Ice Cube in the early 2000s because I don't really like a lot of early 2000s rap. So You're telling there, me there's five. that
2: you don't like Butterfly by Crazy Town?
1: No. I oh, that band. I fucking hate Crazy Town. <laughs> Does
2: uh, Smash Mouth count?
1: Smash Mouth Counts. There you go. <laughs> oh.
3: I can only think of into the 90s. I had, like, a bunch of people in the 80s, but now I'm not 100% sure if that was the 80s, so... Slick I'm just gonna Rick. Do 2010s, 2000s, and 90s. So. Okay, so... Most recent, I gotta say, Joyner Lucas. Yes. He's... He's on fire right now. The flow is impeccable. His remixes are insane. That new song with "I Prevail" is hot garbage, but everything else has been pretty good. Two um, thousands. I gotta go. Atmosphere. He is my favorite rapper of all time. Of course. Um, and then I have a tie for nineties. Who's the tie? I have uh, Nas. Ooh. And Will Smith.
1: Ooh. Fun. Yeah, we we rap happy. Damn, you did no it with no cuss words. House. No cuss uh, words.
2: So okay, hold on. I thought of it. Um. So my 2010s are gonna be Kendrick. My 2000s are gonna be Kanye.
1: Oh yeah. Okay.
2: Um.
1: That's right. How the fuck did I forget the goat? Jesus Christ.
3: Before he went crazy.
2: I mean, he's he still produces good music. As much as I don't believe in what he does now. Uh, uh, hold on. Let me let me hit my memories here.
3: <laughs> think 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 think
2: think. What was the question in it in and of itself?
3: Uh, hold on, I gotta turn it around. I don't know. It says, "What was your favorite hip hop album or artist of each decade?"
2: Can I count Limp Bizkit for nineties? They're like,
3: I'll take it. Yeah, sure. It's not R- wrapping it. Okay, I'm gonna go Limp Bizkit,
2: Kanye, Kendrick.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um. And with that, that wraps up the questions that I have down right now. Um. I. We said our favorites, but know who should be in your favorites for the new for the newest ones? Uh, it's gonna have to be this new guy with, with Angry Boy Collaborative, my friend, your potential new favorite rapper. This is Obi-Wan, and this is started here on the JPF podcast.
0: I pray for the departed. I'm out of this world like a Martian. Multiple choice, you got the option. Ready, set, go. go, go. You already know. know.
2: Big things, it's about to pop for your boy. Oh, any, mini, mighty, mo. Anyone one y'all could go. Sounded like a car crash when I let this
0: thing go. Whoa. yeah, I'm here aiming for your spot, aiming spots. Quick elimination, I'm aiming for the top. Rip, policeman, you can believe it or not. Time will tell hickory dickory down blazing like I play for Portland. I'm red hot, little range boy puppy from any spot. Huh, me and my boys in the field but a different crop. Mine drills, you a pills, different with me shop. You're a tick, mine stone, if a different watch. No leaning on the wall, I'm a ditty bop. And don't touch my hands because I really bop. Mama ain't raised no rule, don't hit the winning shot. shot. Look at what you started. I pray for the departed. I'm out of this world like a Martian Multiple choice, you got the option Quarantine the booth like I got the virus virus. COVID in the bars, can't even hide it it. (laughs) Watch out for that cough Showing that your boys really going off, uh sticking of stones, a nigga know how to break bones. Never leave at home, always carryin' the chrome. Catch you on a late that give you that camouflage. We're in front, nobody tellin', so don't even ask. Don't waste your breath, wish you better watch your step. Put the wrong word, but give you a decent left. Make that wrong term, there'll be nothing left. Yeah, my nigga, savages. We won, I respect. Coming out the boogie. Uptown, excuse me. Boggs from a place where Aaron judge could be. It's a cardiac Kemba. I know a lot of Timons and boomers, but I ain't no Simba. No Simba. Look at what you started. I pray for the departed. I'm out of this world like a Martian. Multiple choice, you got the option. Look at what you started. I pray for the departed. I'm out of this world like a Martian. Multiple choice, you got the option.
1: Welcome back. That was OB1, and that was started.
3: That song is off his new album that's on Spotify, it's on YouTube, it's on all the streaming platforms, and it was recorded by our friend and my manager, I guess, of sorts, uh, Travis of Angry Boy Collaborative.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, Love that man.
3: Beautiful beard
1: beautiful beard one of one of my favorite people in the music uh scene today
3: but uh from there i'm gonna try to see if i can tie this into uh some music headlines because uh, obi-wan and our later person sketch put out new music which seems to be very popular right now because new music might also be coming from two more bands uh, bands that haven't been around for quite some time. Oh fuck! Oh. Um, these two bands that I got right now. Uh, one of them was very prevalent in the deathcore scene uh, back in two thousand fourteen. Uh, they are known as Job for a Cowboy.
1: Whoa! What?
3: Job for a Cowboy recently resurfaced on Twitter for the first time since two thousand fourteen to post a video clip from 1995 film Mortal Kombat. Interestingly enough, the only dialogue in the clip is, it has begun.
1: Yes.
3: Um, BlamGoat.com says, we're not exactly sure what has begun, but we're guessing it has to do with more than just the band reminiscing about Mortal Kombat. It's been nearly six years since Job for a Cowboy released new music and their fans are more than ready. Roughly a year ago, there were rumors circulating regarding them coming back, but perhaps they were only slightly premature. Uh, So, Job for a Cowboy might be coming back with some new music really soon.
1: I would be pumped for that because I like Job for a Cowboy a a lot. A lot.
3: Like, with a... Bands like Whitechapel and stuff, like, I liked their earlier stuff, and I grew, like, progressively more distant from their later stuff. But Job for a Cowboy, all their stuff that they put out, I've always been really into it. Hell yeah. Um, Another band set that might be returning from a long hiatus um, is experimental extreme metal electro trio known as Genghis Tron.
1: I've uh, never they heard used to be around Trump.
3: the area nearly 10 years ago. Uh, after six years as a band and several cl- critically acclaimed records, um, they posted a picture more recently on Relap- with Relapse Records. And it's just their home studio with all their computers and keyboards and guitars and stuff like that all stirring around them about. And it just says, Stay tuned.
1: Hell yeah. So uh,
3: that. That might be some good shit. This might this year might be a complete shit show, but it's gonna be a really really loud shit show.
1: I I welcome a lot of new music. I know we're not getting a lot in the way of shows right now, but uh, as many new releases as we can get, like I I'd be happy for. Especially if people like Job for the Cow- Job for a Cowboy are coming back. I've never heard of the band that you just mentioned. But I'll be sure to Genghis check him out. Tron. Genghis Tron. That is a badass fucking name, and I will definitely be looking yeah. that up.
3: With no shows coming on, you know, you can always just buy the band's albums and open your windows and play it really loudly. Um,
2: so I am going to say I just got an email. Um, Pete Wentz has uh, opened his own store online. Oh, With Pete Wentz merchandise... Um, quoting the, uh, the song Check Your Phone on some of the merchandise. Um. Love yes. It. That hopefully is... I can get some
3: Arma Angelus merch.
1: <laughs> that would be so dope. <laughs>
3: like, I fucked heavy with that band.
1: I would and, be so happy.
2: Hold on. I don't know why my Spotify just turned up. Um apparently doing some research i'm just sucked into this now um do you remember when pete once had that clothing line yes he has yeah. a new clothing line now with jewelry oh. called ronin i'm just finding Ronan, this the accuser
3: <laughs> ronin the accuser
2: if anybody's interested you should check out Check Your Phone by Cheap Cuts featuring Pete Wentz. It's actually, uh, it's an art pop song. It's definitely interesting.
3: How much do you think it would be for a Pete Wentz butt plug?
2: <laughs> I don't know.
3: And put that thing right up into that carpal tunnel of love. Well. Oh. Well then. <laughs> I make it a point to do this every episode. Uh, God damn it. Where is it going to go? Who knows but it's going to happen. Uh, um, Another band that's possibly making more music. It's not a return for them, but Trash Talk is coming out with the new EP.
1: Yes. It's um, produced by The fucking... deal with
3: this, though, is while they worked with hip-hop artists before to help out with production and stuff, they're going to be using a hip-hop producer for this EP. And it's none other than our favorite, Kenny Beats.
1: I love it.
3: Uh, for those who don't know Kenny Beats, I'm sure you know the song, I Got Depression by yes. Zach Fox, who was like, um, I'm going to dip my balls in some Thousand Island dressing because I, I got, got depression.
0: depression. Um,
3: so that he did that. He's worked with Denzel Curry. Um, They put out, him and Denzel Curry put out like a whole album's worth of songs and the whole thing is just music video, like one solid music video for a whole album. Um, Now he's taking the endeavor of working with California hardcore band Trash Talk and I am right because if it's anything like their collaboration Trash Talk and Flatbush Zombies did a couple years ago, this is going to be amazing and I'm going to be very happy
1: yes i 100 percent back a kenny beats uh trash talk crossover uh i haven't listened to trash talk in quite a long time but i appreciate what they've done for the hardcore community and the hip-hop community so amazing love it
3: um i said it, i think i said it earlier i don't know if i said it while we were off the air or if we if i said it while we were on the air but uh, Post Malone is possibly writing some new material after the success of his Nirvana tribute.
1: So. Yes. I heard about this, actually. Wow. And I'm pretty okay, fucking so excited. Loudwire,
3: for it. Loudwire posted It looks like last month's charity minded Nirvana tribute between Post Malone and Travis Barker has sparked a deeper collaboration among the superstar rapper and drummer. In a recent interview, Barker revealed that he and Post Malone are teaming up on co-writing a uh, co-writing session this week. The 15-song live stream of Nirvana Classics was a COVID-19 relief benefit, and the show received praise from former bassist Chris noble among others, but it was the spirit of creative teamwork that perhaps stuck its performers the most. Um, fuck, we're, come on. Okay. Um, Post Malone, Travis Barker said, I'm going up to Salt Lake City to write for a week with Post Malone. Uh, Just jam and have fun. I went up there a day before, and we went through the songs, uh, through the set one, uh, before his Nirvana tribute. There we go. Uh, He said, I went up there just the day before, and we went through the set one time. You can't over-rehearse Nirvana songs, or it loses its vibe. And then says, there are some Nirvana, weird Nirvana arrangements, Barker said. Like, in school, there are some weird arrangements. In very ape, I think the chorus goes five measures instead of four. Nirvana was very cool. But they're going to work on some more, more original stuff and maybe even another tribute set.
1: That would be very cool. I would want to hear what an entire album written by Travis Barker and Post Malone sounds like. So, there Post
3: Malone is the fucking goat. Post I don't Malone care is what the anybody fucking says protect man. that man with everything.
1: He needs to be protected at all costs. Nothing bad needs to happen to Post Malone ever. That's uh that's my way of thinking. That's how I think about it. Uh Post Malone is the greatest. I do you won't like get Post Malone? I do like I, post Malone. Yeah. I listen to him all the time.
3: <laughs> Why post Malone when we can post together?
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to start adding a fucking bad pun counter. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Please do it. And uh, the last little bit of uh, non-wrestling news that we got, that this one's just weird. Um, I talked about earlier before we rolled, but the headline reads, Insane Clown Posse says that Sharon Osbourne still owes them $50,000. Well, then she should pay
1: up, bitch.
3: Yeah, you don't, you don't want... People in Clown Pay breaking your kneecaps at your house. Scary times. We
1: think it right? says, uh,
3: Insane Clown Posse had some of the most memorable feuds in music history, even when they weren't in on the gag. Um, during the recent chat with ICPs Violent J and Shaggy 2 they played a game of Wikipedia Factor Fiction, where they also elaborated on public spats with Slipknot and Sharon Osbourne. Um, it says... It all happened on the Howard Stern show, and the Slipknot one wasn't exactly a real feud. They just kind of fabricated that for viewers. But the Sharon Osbourne one is. And as for the very real feud with Sharon, ICP says she still hasn't paid them the $50,000 on a lost bet that she owes them. Osbourne bet the duo that their next album at the time, Bizarre, wouldn't sell 200,000 copies, and would cause ICP to get dropped by Island Records. They said she locked that bet super hard. Uh, that record went gold, and she, went, uh, she without question owes us money. We said she got to pay us, just pay it to a charity in our name, we don't care. Because if it would have if it would have went the other way around, I bet you they would be calling us out saying that we're that we when are we going to pay? So that's among the weirdest feuds I've ever heard of ICP and Sharon Osborne. But Sharon, baby, just fucking pay. <laughs> you have all this money, like not through your own merit, but I mean, like Jesus.
1: Exactly. Just (laughs) that's just one of those weird fucking music lore things, and honestly, it's the first I'm hearing of it. But it's probably one of my favorites because who the fuck is Sharon Osbourne to start a feud with ICP? That's the weirdest (laughs) fucking thing I've ever heard. Like it'd
3: be a good bet if they if she chose literally any other album from them because that album fucking slapped. So it's like, oh, of course you're going to say it on the one album that's going to go gold. Perfect. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, that's all I got for music. Uh, If you guys have anything else you
2: want to put on there before I do the last little bit of my notes. Uh, I don't really
1: have anything